to the podcast where we bring on remarkable people to tell their stories. I'm Paul Gilman. I'm Daniel Lance. And this is Podso One. This week we have Gray Lane on to tell us about his experience at Virginia Military Institute. He actually got in touch with us after hearing Al Lester's episode, episode 32. Uh, we also talk about him growing up in Virginia, his career in private accounting, and more. So here is Gray. So, hey, Gray Lane, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate it. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah, it's a beautiful afternoon. Or evening, actually. Or I guess we're getting into evening. Should we mention that we have a couple of uh, Burks here? Yeah, Gene, Bur- Gene Burke is in the house, not on the mic, but Gene has made the return to... Uh, Paul's Basement Studios, and his daughter Katie has joined us because she has an interest in starting her own podcast. So for the first 10 minutes or so, Katie's going to uh, join us, and we're just going to riff and talk about all kinds of fun stuff for the first few, to include what Katie's yeah, absolutely. trying to do. Welcome, Katie. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here, guys. Nice to meet you, Katie. Hi. So, well, let's let's pivot to, to Katie's uh, podcast idea first, then. So uh, w- without revealing too much, uh, tell us like wh- what the idea is and what the premise of your podcast might be. Sure. So uh, I was inspired when my dad was a guest on the show. Yes, Bam! yes. Podcasts are uh, a wonderful form of communication and storytelling. So I decided to explore that a little deeper. And uh, I've come up with a, a narrative podcast idea. Love it. it. Thank you. It'll be um, old timey radio vibe, you know. Uh, probably a full cast of actors, ideally. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Because you're an actor as well. Yes, I am. Yeah. So when you say old-timey radio and narrative, I, I think of uh, War of the Worlds and how that was an audio book that they released and it made it, they made it sound like a radio program. <laughs> Is that kind of something that you draw inspiration on? Absolutely. Um, you know, I don't want to trick all of our listeners into thinking that uh, the narrative is real. <laughs> um, but we do want to be uh, inclusive. I'm all about um, interactive performances and experiences. So uh, I'm going to try to include our listeners and audience as much as possible. Okay. And, and just for more context, you are a uh, drama person, right? Uh, how, how, do you, how would you describe your, your, yourself and your passion for drama and theater and stuff? Sure. Um, I grew up um, acting pretty much my entire life. I was sent to theater camps. Um, it was a, a really great experience, and it was wonderful to be supported by my parents that way. I went to Shenandoah Conservatory and studied acting, got a BFA. But while I was there, um, I realized lots of people can act. It's, it's not that difficult. Um, but there wasn't enough content for all of these actors. Um, everyone was doing the same monologues over and over again in class, the same scenes. So I figured um, the world could use a little more content, some more story. So I really went down that avenue. Um, I've been writing and directing uh, different experiences from interactive escape rooms to plays that I've produced in town. Um, But I still act uh, full-time on a regular basis uh, with MCV. I'm a contracted actress there. Oh, right. You're a, uh, wait, I forgot what the, the term is. Um, Standardized patient. Standardized patient. That's right. My, My roommate was a medical student. I think he's almost done now. Jim? Yeah, Jim. Yeah, Jim's on, been on the podcast. He's been on the podcast, uh, and so I don't think we're supposed to mention. We're that. not supposed to tell. Yeah, I mean, the worlds can't collide. Like outside of the hospital, the, the students aren't supposed to know who you are outside of a cut. Right. There's a very uh, there's a very strict rule um, in our contract that says we are not allowed to befriend or date the students oh. until they are officially doctors. 
Ah. Okay. So I can't befriend Jim. Okay. Not yet. Not yet. He's almost there, though. He's working on it. Just don't tell me his last name, and I can still be his, his standard Okay. It's vague enough. All right. Last question. Uh, not the last question, but um, where can people find you or, or where, like, in your, in your performances or in your plays? Like, wh- where in Richmond, what uh, theater houses or establishments can they go to look for you? Um, you can find me in the records of the Firehouse Theater, um, but you'll probably find me and what I've done on Facebook, on my personal page, Katie Burke. All right. I've been to Firehouse once, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, There's it's a wonderful venue. Where is yeah. it? I don't know where it is. Do you know where the Camel is? You know where Lowe's is on Broad Street? Yes. Right across okay. from, yeah, yeah, from yeah. Lowe's. Got it. Yeah. What were you, what'd you do in... Yeah, no, we, we can, can hear you. We can talk about Lowe's downtown. Yep. Yeah. Oh, um, at the firehouse, I was um, in American Idiot. Uh, that was a wonderful extended performance. It was a lot of fun. Great run. Um, that was the one that was playing at the Ford Theater the night that, uh, what's his name? That Lincoln. Yeah, Lincoln got Lincoln. shot. Right. Or oh, American Cousin. Sorry, not American. Yeah, that's Idiot. American Cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Two very different uh, productions. <laughs> But wonderful joke either way. <laughs> no, it's... I'll be trying. <laughs> <laughs> they can't all be winners, but that one was good. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. Yeah, that's cool. And I don't think that you know theater live performances, especially in a small setting like Firehouse, it's a really small like audience will can be replaced by like Netflix and stuff. You know, I think that there's still something unique that should be like reserved and preserved about like uh, having these small intimate. Uh, live performances. Absolutely. I think that you can get a lot more vibes, a lot more feeling from a live performance. Uh, we hope to do, or I hope to do the same thing with the podcast. Actually, I'd love to have a few, um, live recorded sessions. Um, it'd be nice to have an audience every once in a while to actually see the actors do their Mm. thing and become the characters. So it'll be a, be a fun experience. I'm nice. excited about it. Yeah, very cool. That sounds yeah. interesting. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, so a couple things real quickly. One is I think we've already named this episode because it's going to uh, shift to gray here in a second. American Idiot's a fantastic title for this <laughs> recording, Ooh. this episode. Ooh. And the banter begins. Yeah. Oh, it, it started. I, I am uh, American Idiot. And the second thing is I, I saw in the back of your car that you're, you have some Star Wars references. A Star Wars decal, yes. I'm very yeah. proud of it. Um, are you a Star Wars person? Daniel? Last week, my girlfriend and I went to that drive-in theater to watch The Empire Strikes Back. <gasps> best movie ever. Oh, well, yeah. one of the best movies ever. Oh. No, I am your father. It's the Mandela That's... effect. It's not Luke, I am your father. It's no, I am your father. Huh. That, um, was that in Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, of course. All right, right. So you're a Star Wars guy, too. Or, or was that in... That was, that was Empire Strikes Right at the end. Yeah. Um, eh, I mean, the first three, but... I'm pretty sure the line is, no, Luke... I am your father. Ooh. Right. And so it's no Luke instead of everybody goes, Luke, I am your father. Right. It's no Luke. Right. Got it. It's the Mandela you need effect, that con- if you guys are familiar with that. What's, what's the Mandela I have no effect? I what you're talking about. It, it's uh, where everybody in the world thinks that it's something and you're... And everybody's wrong. Right. Like E.T. Yeah. E. Phone Home. He never said that. I noticed that recently. I just watched that movie again for the first time in like 20 years, and they never said it. And the reason they call it the Mandela Effect is because everybody thinks that he passed away in prison in South Africa back in the early 90s. He became president. He became president of South Africa. Uh, So it's, it's, there's, you know, you can Google it, and there are a lot of things where people think 
you know, this is what it is, and it's clearly not what it is. Right. And that one was, in particular, pretty remarkable because he, you know, shattered it for the whole world by becoming president. Right. Yeah. Sorry, Katie, I didn't mean to steal your... Uh, no, no. No, Star, but Star Wars... So, so why Star Wars? Why Star Wars? Yeah. I find it to be a, a very inspirational world. Um, it's a great world to escape to. While not all of the movies are uh, masterpieces, I will say that the world itself is a masterpiece. Uh-huh. It's an easy universe to expand upon. I mean, we have the Mandalorian now. Um, mm. There's just endless, endless possibilities. And I really respect that about George Lucas and his ability to create that kind of environment, that universe. Yeah, it's been going for... 45 years? Yeah. How much of the new stuff do you think is George Lucas? And how much is it, like, Disney? (gasps) Well, I have opinions. But what I know... That could be another podcast, right? Right. Truly. What I do know, though, is um, George Lucas only had, like, a very small hand in the latest movies, Mm. um, especially after being booted off by Disney. Which is why they weren't as good as probably the first three. Probably. But But then we look at, like, the prequels, episodes one, two, and three, and those were... um, Shoddy. Those were heavy Lucas, right? Like he was very heavy Lucas involved. Yeah, the worst and the best. Yeah, yeah. Lucas. He was trying to um, encourage the actors to perform like they would have in the '60s and '70s and '80s, where the style of acting was very dramatic and oh, lines were delivered um, unrealistically. Hmm. So that's why the prequels weren't such a big hit because the acting turned out to look shoddy. Yeah, and Jar Jar Binks. And Jar Jar Binks, <laughs> unforgivable. You think so? I mean, well, same with the Ewoks. Okay, no, you can't hate on the Ewoks. All right, sorry. They're fuzzy <laughs> and wonderful. Have you guys heard of the Jar Jar Binks conspiracy though? Oh, that yes. he had that, pictures of Lucas and. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that. <laughs> no, no, no. But <laughs> he's not going anywhere. We'll go ahead and you pivot. know exactly where he's going with that. Uh, so Jar Jar Binks. Uh, this super innocent, dumb, like adorable, weird reptile thing that can jump really high and do flips and stuff. He can jump like really, really high, uh, almost as high to suggest that he might like have the force and have the ability to like oh, use force but jumping. He's a Jedi, huh? And more than just a Jedi, that he's actually the actual phantom menace that the whole movie is about. That he is the big, dip, big dark Sith Lord behind the scenes running the show. Because we've never seen the the d- dark Sith. Lord. Uh, yeah. No, you, at, at, in episode one, you don't know who is going to eventually become the emperor. Um, and so people thought that George Lucas had Jar Jar as the emperor. But then I think that conspiracy theory got out or somebody guessed it or something. And then George Lucas was forced to pivot and be like, all right, well, let's use the guy from the Senate. Let's use oh, Senator Palpatine. Oh, that's so disappointing. It yeah. would have been better if Jar Jar was the ultimate villain. Yeah, because then it's just like a weird, you know, what is this character even here for? Why did he get so much screen time? But yeah. it would have worked out beautifully if he had been the uh, ultimate Sith Lord. Huh. Yeah. I feel like all Star Wars fans could say like, oh, I wish it went this way or it should have gone this way. But truly, if you do have an opinion on where it should have gone, that means you're a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. The reason that I took uh, my girlfriend to The Empire Strikes Back is it not only has the I'm your father line, but it also has the I love you, I know line. And the first time she said I love you to me, I told her I know. Oh, my Lord. Wow. Did you really? And, Way and to she go. didn't get the reference. Like, she was just like, she was actually so you, you really said angry. That, you, you, <laughs> 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 like, it really pissed her off. And, uh, and I was like, um, Daniel, you were way cooler than I originally thought you were. 
I don't, oh, thanks, dude. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> he, he doesn't either. He doesn't either. I don't either. So, but we. That's funny. I was like, I'm gonna. Yeah, I didn't tell her that, that it was from the movie or anything. And then the the scene happened. And uh, well, actually, I did. I had told her at one point, but she was like, "Is that why you brought me to watch this?" And I was oh, like, "Yep, that's fantastic." Yeah, it's a classic line. You know, you, everyone's got to see it. And then he got uh, put into what. Carbon carbonite, or whatever yeah, it was. sent off to uh, Baba the Fut or Jabba the Tatooine, Jabba the Hut, Baba the Jabba the Hut. Yeah. <laughs> I messed that one up. Yeah. So you were hoping she perfectly knew the reference, right? No, I was hoping, or, she didn't. or you didn't care. No, like, like she didn't see it coming, and I was like, I was looking at her, you know, like here we go, you know, he's he's getting ready. Layla, Leia's saying bye to him, you know, so. Uh, and then when it happened, she like hit me and was like, "Oh, you she had already said I love you," like. This was yeah, months ago, yeah, or maybe even more a year ago. It's unusual for you to bring her up. It's usually scary for you. Yeah. yeah. This poor girl, though, to say I love you, then to hear I know. <laughs> yeah, well, And the next step in that reference is Han Solo is engulfed in a bunch of steam and smoke. What is she supposed to right, do? Like right. flash a fog machine at you? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I did follow it up with... You know, uh, like saying it back. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. Well, that, was, that was probably the proper response. I was kind of going for like a little joke. If you do, lower. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, no, it that's... clearly worked out in the end. Yeah. yeah. So what's amazing so is Katie and Gray met each other tonight, uh, and they're both giving you grief. Yeah, <laughs> or, or relationship advice, which is good. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Did we explain why Katie's here? We did, right? But she's also here checking out this particular recording because she's going to watch Daniel do his thing. She did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just watch me turn the knobs and stuff and, and uh watch yeah. and learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. That's, that's what's up. Cool. Yeah. Do you want to pivot to Gray? Yeah, let's let's get back to Gray. Um I, I wanna hear about you looking up to Paul you know, <laughs> physically and literally and metaphorically as hmm. a child. You said that earlier. That, no, I know, I, I know. I um I uh, yeah, I've always um looked up to Paul as a like kind of a like I mean, a dad. I, I do have eh, no, not a dad at all. <laughs> um like a drunk like a, drunk uncle. Like a, maybe. No, not even that. Like a big older brother. I've got, I have an older brother. Um, Paul's older than him as well. He as well. But um, I don't know. As as um, when we moved to Ashland, when I was probably five or six years from old, Waynesboro, correct? From yeah. Waynesboro, Virginia. Uh, we became friends with the Gilmans, and I always thought Paul was cool. And he was kind of a jerk at first when we were in like church and stuff. He was too cool for little guys. But then um, we. Uh, I don't know. We we kind of families went on vacations together, yeah. and we would do. You know, Paul and I. Sometimes Paul and I would work at his dad's office together, and we would drink beer together. Probably before I was twenty one, maybe. But uh, <laughs> did you, and you guys like went to mansions together too? No, no, no. I I never hung out with um. I don't. I don't know what Paul's we're elite friends. Uh, <laughs> my elite friends, same school were. Um, what are you five years older than me? Yes. What are you, 52? Don't make me 52 yet. I'm 51. All right. So, yes, Paul's five years. I'll be 52 later this year. I'll be uh, 47 later this year. So, yes. you're exactly five years older. Um, and um, so, yeah, so, uh, you know, some of the guys that I mentioned who I knew at VMI were guys that I guess you said you play baseball with. And um, uh, so, my That's, brother. That, that, would, start, that started the whole dyke talk. Yeah, but uh, to get back to uh, Paul and I, uh, my brother and Paul's sister, I won't mention any names, were uh, in school together until Buffy started 
<laughs> Sorry. That's, 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 that's called a Greco. I won't do X, and then he does X. Like I think I mean that until she started going to um, private school as well. So, the, you know, my brother was friends with, with his sister. and we, Yeah. yeah we There's like a skiing. family connection. Yeah, we go skiing together, and his mom and I had, like I said, the flower business, and um, nobody his, was his like mom, his, my mom and your mom. Yeah. yeah, and nobody was like Larry's uh, contemporary because, like I said, Larry was a uh, general and a judge. So yeah, like, you can't be any more achieving than that. Right. Like, so any more type A. Than that. Yeah, and but he's such such a nice man. Yeah. Um, so like my father, <laughs> didn't, I mean, the only thing that he had in common with Larry is that they would probably drink a few beers and eat some pizza. Um, but his, Those are important endeavors, right, pizza right. eating and beer drinking. Yeah. But we would go to the beach together and we would... We skied a few times? We skied together. We went camping together. We, um, yeah, we did lots of things together as families. And a lot of times Paul would, I guess, I don't know if it was my, in between years at VMI, Paul would come, you know, rouse me out of bed, like, get up, get your ass out of bed, part of my language. We got to go do some, cut some yards or cut some grass for some people or mm-hmm. whether we were getting paid or not, you know, just do something. You know? I, I was getting paid. Yeah. You were probably buying me lunch at Taco <laughs> Bell. Um, but yeah, you know, he'd come over like 11 after he'd probably already cut four or five yards and tell me to, to get out of bed. And yeah. Then we would go out and uh, just do something fun from like 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Like raking leaves or whatever we did. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if you remember that. Fun stuff, sure. So we have uh, uh, Gene Burke here who was on the podcast, um, and he he was telling us when he was a kid, one of the things that they would do for fun is there's like a big hole, and one of the kids would get in the hole, and the other kids would throw rocks at the kid that was in the hole. Classic. Um, and try to hit them in the <laughs> try to try, wow try to hit them in the head. And I'm wondering if you if you guys had any fun activities like that that you came up with together. I don't think we not did like that. that was no. I mean, there were a few things that I would do with, um, I never did it with Paul, but like, you know, I had a bow and arrow and we would like try to shoot apples off of, you know, your brother's head or something, but it wasn't. His brother's one eye now. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. He's lame now, but, um, (laughs) but nothing like, you know. No. Throwing rocks at anybody. Like, no, I threw rocks at my friends. I mean, we talked about the podcast. <laughs> we threw rocks at cars. We would climb into trees and throw rocks or acorns at... Um, we threw Nerf footballs at cars. We weren't trying to create any uh, debts. Yeah, throwing, no, throwing rocks know, at cars, like, that'll break windshield and stuff. It is true. Um, it, it will. And, and I did <laughs> break a windshield. Um it was I cracked one. And remember Mrs. Keith? Can I? Am I allowed to name names? Yeah, say, say whatever you want. She was like a fifth grade teacher. And oh, I remember. You're, ta- you're talking about at Gandhi? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And um, I remember her coming um, to my mother's classroom at Henry Clay. His mother was a school teacher. At Henry Your mom Clay. and my mom taught in the same school, yeah. Right for a little while there until they until they went and got their masters, and Brenda went on to get her PhD. But um, I remember Mrs. Keith one day coming into the room and saying. To my mother's classroom before I left to go to Gandy to get on the bus from Henry Clay, and she's like, "Your son was throwing rocks and and uh, cracked my window." And oh, you cracked Mrs. Keith's window? <laughs> my brother did. It was it was John and Mike Hall and um, like Alex Cood probably. Yeah, they're, they're, your friend, your brother's not tall. He, no, he's shorter than I am. Yeah, he's, and I'm very short. He's five. I don't know, six. Seven. Call him five six. All of his friends were five six. Yeah, all his friends were short. He had no but, tall uh, friends. It was weird. But she, uh, yeah, yeah, she came in and she was, 
And I remember my mother, she was always such an advocate for her sons. And she basically Your mom was, was a like, great mom, yeah. Yeah, she was basically like, like, get out of here. I'll talk to my sons and see what happens. Don't you worry about my yeah, sons. Yeah, don't worry about yeah. what, what happened to your little orange uh, Yugo or whatever. You guys probably don't know what a Yugo is, but... Um, a car. It is yeah. a car that, that was made in Yugoslavia, and I think it was, um, hence Yugo. You remember the Yugo? Yeah, it was like 900 bucks. I was going to say, I think it was probably 2,000 bucks, maybe 1,800 bucks. This was like an 82, brand, 83, brand new, 84, new. and I think that it had a, a shelf life of maybe two or three months. The remake of... Uh, if you change the oil. The remake of Vacation. National Lampoon's Vacation, I think they had a Yugo or something. Was like our Yugo, Yugo. Um, yeah. So you were doing her a favor by yeah. breaking her, her Yugo's windshield? Yeah, and I don't think it was actually a Yugo. It might have been a Datsun or something. But, um, I don't know what that is either, but... That was my first car. Yeah, oh. I remember the orange dots, and they yeah, called it the uh, pumpkin. The pumpkin car, yeah. Yeah. Nice. I think it was sweet. It's a hatchback. It wasn't like uh, his uh, elite friends who were driving Mercedes and BMWs, but... So would you say Paul was elite, or just he had friends? Of course. Friends? Paul was an elite athlete. He was an elite uh, dice player. He was an elite... Paul loved In him. Ashland, he was elite... Yeah, very small pond. And now look at him. You're right. No, I know. <laughs> Wow. But uh, we would play football, whatever. I, I, I peaked when I was 17. Mm. I mean, what, I mean, you, you went were, to UVA. It may have been after Rugby Road, but... It's all good. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, so that's basically it with, uh, like, Paul. I always looked up to Paul as a big brother, and I always, always loved Paul growing up. That's awesome, man. What's not to love? Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, there are a couple... I mean, there are probably a few things I can... <laughs> If you really had it. to, if you really thought about it, yeah. Yeah, if you tasked me, Daniel, to come up with some, I could probably do it. Yeah, if I was like, Gray, I, I need you to come up with some grievances. I might need to email you, yeah, but. Yeah. Do you remember Tony Simandera, the episode with Tony? Based, yeah, baseball absolutely, coach. yeah. He talked, he talked about this kid named Tad. Yeah, Tad DePriest. Right. Yep. He's He was really good friends with Tad. Oh, no Gray way. Was. Yeah. Um, we both were. We both loved We all of us were. Yeah. Like, I sat in Paul's. Living room the night Tad died and watched uh, that movie, Planes, Trains, and all. Whatever, it was John Candy, and I remember yeah. crying like a baby in your living room because we were all that's crying. where I was hanging out. Yeah, we were all crying. This was 1992. Yeah. Um, and that, so Tad, he was a year younger than you, Paul? No, no, he no, was he was crazy age. He was a year older than me. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so so, you're so much- four years younger than Paul. Okay, and did same, you same high school though? Okay, and and how did you get to know him? Ashland. Okay, you you, you didn't like play on the same team or anything? Like- yeah, yeah. Ted and I were both uh, Ashland Dodgers who always won the uh, nice. baseball little league. Nice. <laughs> the first year I was on the Dodgers, my batting average was point zero zero zero, and and. Uh, <laughs> Tad and Gene's a baseball guy. Gene's enjoys. Yeah, that means I didn't get a hit. <laughs> and, uh, it little, it literally, it literally means I didn't get a hit. I don't even know if I walked. I, I was kind of, uh, which that, wouldn't have accounted. Wait a minute, the entire scene. What's that? Foul balls at all? Uh, no no hit I by pitch. Some, I might have gotten some meat on the, uh, okay. some some bat on the meat. Uh, the uh, no hit by pitch. Uh, at some point, your coach had to say, "Hey, just lean, just over lean the into plate. it." Well, yeah. you, guess who my coach was. I don't remember. Start. It was Rob. No, it was Rob the priest. Oh, and, gotcha. And, and um, Tad's father and uh, mm. Bill Bolander. Bolander. I don't know if you know that name. I know the name, but I don't know him. Um, in fact, Bill was on my team. We were kids, and he ended up going to VMI. I hadn't seen him since Little League, and 
just happened to see him when we were rats at BMI. But it's, um, it's funny you mentioned the Dodgers won all the time. I was a Dodger and we won all the time. Like nobody could well, beat us. It was like weird. nobody could beat the there actual five, Dodgers. There were five or six teams in the league, and yeah. the Dodgers always won. Wayne nice. Sturgeon, did you play for Wayne? Yeah. Did you, was Paul? Oh, was John on your team and Hill? We wouldn't let them play. No, John and Hill <laughs> were both Dodgers. Then they were. Well, yeah. They After were, you though. No, no, no. They when they were ten, maybe. Right, but but were they on your team? I don't remember them. Okay, so Wayne Sturgeon is a uh, another five six guy. Hill. <laughs> right. Good golfer though. Yeah, uh, great golfer. Scratch golfer. Um, Wayne Lesturgeon uh, was an incredible Little League coach. Like, he just – He was really good, but the one thing he did that was different than every other pitcher when we would do BP – I'm looking at Gene when I say this because Gene's a huge baseball guy. He would throw as hard as he could from the 45-foot mound. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. And if you if you fouled the ball off, you're like, man, I'm getting better. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wayne, yeah. <laughs> and then at the end of practice, Wayne, wouldn't he throw all the balls out in the, over the fence and make everybody run get them or what? I don't remember but uh, yeah, so so the Ashland Dodgers were incredible. Who's your um, team, by the way? Or? The Cubs, Chicago Cubs. I lived in Chicago for three years, right. and I used to go. I used to go uh, to the games all the time. In yeah. fact, one night I went to a game uh, there, you know, at, at the Cubs, and then got on the red line and went down and saw the uh, White Sox play really? the same night. It's not often they're in town the same no, time. That's unusual. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I didn't even realize there were two teams in Chicago. The White Sox and the Cubs. Daniel. Daniel. No, I knew I knew they both existed. I just forgot they're they're in the same universe. There are also two other cities that have two teams. Okay, here we go. L.A., New York. Good job. Right. I nail it. You got it. Well, LA, L.A. and Oakland and New York and exactly. Yeah, because they've got well, I, L.A. and New York for some reason have like a lot of each kind of sports team. That's right. It seems. Thank yeah. you, Paul. You're welcome. Um, what was I going to say? He must have been happy when they won. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. Down on my hotel bed. Do you want to hear the story of? Yeah, uh, I was in the same hotel when uh, my alma mater won the uh, basketball yeah. championship. If you want to hear the story of, of Gene, what about the year before when they lost to uh, UMBC? In why the would first you, Why would you bring that up? Because <laughs> I, I you know, are, you, are you trying to end this podcast? No, <laughs> but knowing Thomas Leachman, he's great friends with Ryan Odom, who is the coach of UMBC. Oh wow. And my dad and brother both went to Wake Forest, so they're big Dave Odom fans. Oh, great. We would love to have the coach of UMBC on the podcast. Ryan? I could probably... I speak for both of us. <laughs> You're certainly speaking for yourself. <laughs> Do you even know who he, who he is? No, but I know that UMBC was the 16th seed and upset UVA. I think it would just be a only fun... Time, only time it's ever happened. <clears throat> I think it would be a fun podcast. Only time it's ever happened. It'd be a, it'd be really, it'd be really good. If we could I, I grew up I grew up in a family that uh, was a ACC family, you know Carolina Duke, Wake Forest, all of those, but no UVA. Like we hated UVA with a passion, so we would always root against UVA. And that night watching that UMBC, like UVA I, game, I turned it off. It made me. Ago. It absolutely made my heart sing when UVA lost that game. <laughs> How, how, but, are you uh, feel, how are you feeling the next year, Gray? Not so happy. Because and, and let me remind the world that uh, UVA is going to end up having the championship for two years. Uh, they are actually. You're right. Well, they, yeah. I mean, they do because it didn't happen in, in March. I mean, they year. win one title and then a pandemic. That's all it takes. Yeah, after night comes day, I guess. Yeah. Uh, bef- before we move away from uh, Tad, though, uh, I want to shout out that organization that his family started. I think it's called Tad's Kids. That's right. Yep. It's a nonprofit, and they help with uh, kids with cancer. Cancer. Just, yeah. Yeah. So 
I think Googling it, you should be able to find it. But it's been going up. They it's been for around years, for a really years. long time. My roommate from uh, from VMI. Um, can I use names? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Joe Brockman was um, a founding member of uh, of Tad's Kids, but um, I, I like I, I left um, Ashland and, and moved you know to Colorado to ski, and then moved from there to Atlanta, and from Atlanta to Chicago, and Chicago to Boston. So I, I was never around for any of that stuff for Tad's Kids, and um, it's a good organization. I, I see Tad's parents every week, and talk to him about oh it. you good still stuff. do yeah yeah every, every friday we uh yeah they're good people really they're good people. incredible people they live right next to my dad where where i am right now I'm, I'm i'm here in ashland for a while because uh we're dealing with um some issues with my dad's health right um but we typically well we always i've lived in boston for 20 years that's a i'd like to hear a little so, about that but so go ahead this will mean something to gray that bush sign over there B-U-S-C-H. Mm-hmm. You see yeah, it, Gray? I do, yes. That was Tad's. Oh, really? Tad's mom wanted me to have that. Oh, wow. Not sure what that says about <laughs> my relationship with Tad's mom or my relationship <laughs> with Tad. There it is. We'll let that speak for itself. But the, but the reason I have that displayed prominently down here is because of Tad. Yeah. He so uh, I do have to ask, um, if the organization is called Tad's Kids, did Tad have any children of his own? He did not. He, did he, not. he was 19. When he passed, he had just finished his freshman year of college. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, making he was um, yeah. So I mean, it's Tad's kids. Sorry, not to speak over you, Paul, but it's no, it's Tad's kids to refer to the kids that they're trying to help. And um, I mean, the circumstances of his accident were awful. He was driving a a van with kids from St. It was a summer camp. Yeah, fifteen kids in the van, and it. it he wrecked and Tad was killed and none of the kids were hurt. Not a wow. scratch. Not a, Not scratch, a scratch, scratch on any of the kids. kids. Thank, wow. thank goodness. So I got goosebumps talking about it. I just got goosebumps too. It's wonderful this organization exists. Yeah, mm. it's, it's still going strong. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, they have his a, friends have kept it going. Yeah, they have a big, big benefit every year for it. That's great. That's great. Go donate, people, if you're listening. Uh, I didn't realize you and uh, the DePriest. Did you keep in touch with him from Boston? So, no, I hadn't. But just recently coming back down, um, I mean, I, I did f- forever after Tad had passed. And um, until I moved away, I had. And then I didn't, lost contact. And then when now that I'm back in Ashland, uh, we've, we've gone over to their house every night at 5, I mean, every Friday night at 530 to hang out with Robin Barkley. So yeah, good. That's it's, awesome. It's fun. She runs the bookstore at Randolph-Macon, and she's like Ashland royalty, and it's great, and they're just good people. Yeah, really good people. Mm. For sure. So uh, you referenced VMI a couple of times, um, and I'd like to hear about how that got on your radar and how you ended up going to VMI. It's funny um, that you asked that. Well, not funny because I have mentioned VMI, but I was I – was, um, talking to a couple buddies uh you know we're on a text message stream with like there's like four or five guys up in boston who uh went to vmi that live up there one's from north carolina one's from boston and or two are from boston and i'm from virginia and um we were talking like the, the cadets matriculated this past weekend and we were talking about my buddy bill said did any of you guys ever want to 
uh, be service guys, like service academy guys. Like, care, uh, careful here, Greg, because uh, Gene's a service academy guy. Are you Naval Academy? I am. That's fantastic. That's impressive. Thanks. Um, and so, like, if we were Annapolis or West Point guys, and I, that was like, I went to West Point when I was a kid, probably six or seven years old, and I was like, oh, that's cool, man. These guys are in college, and they wear those cool uniforms. Whereas nowadays, it's not that cool to be wearing a uniform and marching around when you're in college. Um, Especially in the summer. Well, not the summer. Like we do, we weren't there in the summer at VMI. But you started in August, right? Yeah, August fifteenth. Yeah, you're right here. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but um, but like, I remember at VMI, my my August fifteenth, nineteen ninety two, when the cadre kicked our door and they were like, you know, look at all you uh, Academy reject pukes. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, VMI is a very, very, very prestigious school, but it's it's nothing compared to the academies. And you have to be a rock star, not to pump Gene up, because I'm sure Gene's not a rock star, but he's not just kidding. But to, uh, you know, there's only two appointments, you know, per state every year. Well, per per congressional district. district. I'm sorry. Yeah. Congressional district. And then there's president has what, Gene? One per per state or two per state? Something like that. Yeah. So it's not. So I remember saying to Bill yesterday or the day before, like, dude, I wasn't a rock star in high school. Uh, I went to high school here in Ashland at Patrick Henry. and you get to have straight A's and have soft cancer to yeah. go to be from Ashland to get yeah. It basically it's hard to get into. So kudos to you. That's fantastic. Thanks. Um, but uh, I did remember going. I do remember going to West Point as a kid and uh, saying this is pretty cool. So I, I VMI was kind of on my radar as a kid. Uh, like I said, my dad and brother both went to Wake, and I considered going there. Or, or applying there, you wouldn't visit there. Remember you yeah, told I the story. I can't tell the story that you told about it, but you remember? No, something you saw on a wall somewhere. But I, I'll re- remind me to tell you. After okay. This. Yeah, you'll have to remind me. But um, but I was dating a girl from uh, a private school here in Richmond, and I wanted to like be a a smart, good guy who didn't go off to like you know, UVA or Wake Forest and get fat and well, I'm fat now, but get fat and like fail out of, of college. So I thought the VMI would be the way to go. And I started as a chemistry major so that I could become a doctor. And I thought that, that was nice. going to be the way to become it. No, like any, any place you go. You so can, wait, you went to VMI because of a, a young lady? Yeah. Okay. Remember Molly? You know Molly. Oh very well. yeah. 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 Okay. You know Molly quite well. So you went you went through four years of VMI for her from for Molly. Okay. Yeah, but now that I have the best friends of my life, you know, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, in fact, I got into Wake Forest, but I decided not to go there, and, and it was the right decision. But uh, yeah, so I went to VMI, and um, it was something that appealed to me as a kid, like going to Wake uh, West Point and seeing it. Um, but so, obviously it's not the same. So when you were at VMI, uh, miserable <laughs> the whole time, absolutely miserable. Really? Oh my Lord. Are you proud to say that you went to VMI? Of course. Yeah. All I, four I years for the world. I, I mean, did it get better? I mean, I've heard the first year is you know, the rat line. I've heard about that. The, yeah. The rat line, you know, you're, you're just so focused on getting yelled at and, and, and doing what you're and learning and doing what you're supposed to 
do that it's it's not as bad as say like when you're a third class uh, yeah third classman which is sophomore because basically they they used to call third classmen rats with radios because rats couldn't have radios in the rooms but third classmen could have radios in the rooms. You mean like, like to listen to music or to communicate? To no to listen to oh there was no communication to listen to to music. So third classmen were rats with radios. Okay. So I mean you had no. Yeah, I mean, like third classmen almost got yelled at too. Not yelled at, but pretty austere. So when you say well, yell that, did, 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 did the like elder three years just yell at the rats whenever they walk by? Like, what is that culture like? So, so only first classmen are allowed to yell at rats. Um, I'm sorry, anybody can yell at a rat, but only first classmen are allowed them allowed to make them do push ups and that kind of stuff. Okay. VMI works on the class system. Where's the Citadel, which I don't know if you're familiar with Citadel down in Charleston, works on the uh, yep. rank system. So, like, at, this, at the Citadel, a third classman who is, like, a corporal could tell a first classman who's a private that he needs to shine his shoes or his belt buckle, um, even though the guys are first classman, meaning uh, senior. But mm-hmm. at VMI, the, the class system prevails. So the highest-ranking junior at VMI could tell me Again, part of my language, like I was a shitbag private who never held rank, who, you know, was proud of, you know, being there as a senior. He could tell me to go. He wouldn't, but he could say, go shine your shoes or shine your belt buckle. And I could be like. And rank wouldn't matter. No, it's, rank it's doesn't matter at all. Seniority. Like, yeah, I go, yourself, you know, you know I'm <laughs> yeah, not going to. Yeah. I'm not going to shine my belt or, or whatever. Why, but um, Why did you, uh, did you, you took pride in being a shitbag private. Why did you. Not shitbag, but, but, uh. Virgin private. They're called virgin privates, guys who never held rank. And and is there a reason that you never, like, went after rank? I just, it, it wasn't something that I aspired to do because I just didn't like all these, like, guys who thought that, you know, you, you get these chevrons on your shoulders and then you, you feel like you own the world. Like, that, that was never me. And I was a member of a group called Rat Daddies, and it's not, like, my class, but it's all guys who go through school and never like discipline the rats or anybody younger than you. And I was, I was always a rat daddy. Like you never yelled at Like, in fact, when I saw rats getting worked out or, or, uh, yelled at, I, I was always like the first one to be like, you know, save the, save them and try to get them mm. up and like, you know, scurry out of here, go, go to your room or something. What percentage of EMI uh, is comprised of rat daddies? Probably two or 3%. Wow. I mean, everybody else, like, you get yelled at so badly when you're a rat that the only thing you want to do, and, and, and Gene knows, you're a knob, or not knob, but a uh, plebe, right? Oh, yeah. The only thing you want to do when you get out of your first class or your, your rat year or your plebe year or your fourth class year is let these guys have it and yell at them. And that was never something that appealed to me. Like, I always appreciate the guys that were like, hey, get out of here. Yeah. Hey, Gray, you have a small bladder, right? I do. So why don't we take a break? Daniel and I are just going to chat while you go to the bathroom. If that's I, cool. Yeah. I don't and then I, I think Katie and Gene are ready to, uh, yeah, to roll. Okay. Yeah, we'll oh, okay. Well, but cool. we're going to keep recording. Do you want to keep recording? Do you want to go you into wanna, the uh, restroom with me? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not. That's not what we were talking about. I know. I'm kidding. Um, I, 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 I can. Uh, I'm trying to make the editing burden light. Oh, as it's light fine. As possible. I'll just I'll cut I'll cut this part. Actually, let me just mark down the time. It'll help hold, hold on, Katie. I think wants to say some parting words. Hit it. I'd like to hear him. 
Oh, wow. Well, thank you for your attention, gentlemen. I just wanted to thank you for having us on the show. Uh, the Burks are always honored to, you know, work with you guys. And awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, thank we you look, for everything. We look forward to your uh, your podcast. You're very interesting, yeah, Katie. That. We wish you all the best. You no, know, I do awesome. my best. That's awesome. Very cool. All right, so, Gray, we, uh, I think I told you about the podcast when you came back in town. Um, and you checked out the website that Daniel has uh, created. And you stumbled into episode whatever Kevin Flippin and Al Lester's episode was, and you texted me a picture of that episode and said, are you famous? Which is hilarious to Daniel and me. Well, well hold on. Before you say that, I, I had known that you, like, like Hutch Schmidt said, oh, you got to listen to Paul's podcast. And so See? occasionally, See, look at Daniel, Hutch come on. A, yeah, you guys are, are known. And so, uh, so occasionally I'll look, you guys, I, I don't listen to them that often because I, again, we can talk about my buddy's podcast in Boston. Um, I'm so busy at work and we can talk about my work if you want. What, long story short is that occasionally I'll see what you guys are up to and I just happen to see Al Lester. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, are you famous is the next text. Yep. And I think I said in East Ashland, we're famous. Yeah. The Eastern quadrant of Ashland. Yeah. The Northeast not, not quadrant. The, yeah. Not the Southwest quadrant per se. Of Ashland. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so awesome. anyway, but, but he knew Al, meaning that you were... Based, I'm, I'm going to use normal college terms. You sure. were a senior, senior when he was a rat, when or he was a freshman. freshman. Uh, but he was a baller, and you said, yeah, he was he was amazing. He, he was the best quarterback that VMI's ever seen. Yeah, I mean, that, he, that's ever. crazy. And he was he was humble about it, right? I mean, he, he mentioned the fact that he'd started 46 out of 48 games, and the, the reason he didn't start the last two is because he had a uh, some sort of partial Torn tear. Meniscus. or Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. And then you mentioned the running back's name. Was Tommy he, Haskins. Yeah, was he your year? Uh, he was, he was, it's funny. He's my age or a year older, but he was a year behind me because I went to FUMA for a couple of years. Yeah, 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 Fork gotcha. Union. And, uh, yeah. That's I call it, I call it FU Military Academy. Yeah, that sounds right. Cause mm-hmm. it is FU. Yeah. The Fork Union right. Military Academy. Not the, but. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Right. But, but anyway, Al, so when you were telling me that you knew Al and you knew, uh, Tommy Haskins cause you were, I was an equipment manager at VMI <laughs> And I was telling my wife this when um, I, I well, she wasn't my wife. It was the very first time I ever had lunch with her, and she tells the story about oh, don't don't tell girls that you were a quarterback. <laughs> you, you, need to, you need to tell them that you were like the quarterback or whatever. But she didn't understand because we hit it off pretty well. I, I was I had some friends from WNL, and she was a daughter of Charleston, and I was her escort at the Saint Cecilia debutante ball, which is the oldest debutante ball in the south or whatever and it was Whoa. interesting or whatever and we can talk about that if you want in a minute but and she was very interested in that because my wife is very interested in history and the civil war and all that kind of stuff uh you know you know prebellum antebellum all that kind of stuff yep and um even though she's a yankee i think she probably had an affinity for the south and uh with the big dresses that the women wore and mm-hmm. um the South was a unique place. It, absolutely, day. and she um, and she still tells a story about when the first day we ever had lunch. It was at the Omni Parker House Hotel in Boston. We both worked um, worked there, and she was like, "Don't tell women that you are a football manager, equipment, guy. equipment man. You're the guy who handed out the shoulder pads and the jock straps. <laughs> and um, I, I didn't hand out the jock straps, but um. But little did she know that at VMI, 
anything you could do to worm your way out of like military duty or like having to march so you or be, having to you be responsible. Became, you became that kid to avoid oh, parades and yeah. And not only that, I got paid six dollars and forty two cents an hour, which was a lot of money back then. Of course, I think I'm, I think I got fifteen hours a week. Nice. Um, I think I made, you know, I, I think I made uh, 60 bucks uh, nice. a week. Tommy, ha- Tommy Haskins may deny that he had a fumbling problem, but you were telling me that uh, as the equipment manager, you did something unique so, to his so, shoulder pads. So, so for, um, I think Paul and I were having a conversation over the phone, and, and um, Tommy was incredible, man. Uh, well, Al, men- played- Al mentioned, like, I kind of just handed the ball off to Tommy, and Tommy did his thing. Well, hmm. but Al was a good, he, Al had a good presence in the pocket, and he also, um, was able to throw the ball pretty well. Yeah. Um, but division division one, double A, you don't throw the ball that much. You run the option and you you just uh, whatever. So um, Tommy had fumbled. Uh, I think two of the previous three games or three of the previous four games that we played in. So guys wear these. I think lacrosse players wear them as well. They're called spider pads. And they're basically like pads that you wear under your shoulder pads yeah. just so that they're a little more comfortable. So his spider pads, after they get washed, and my, and my buddy and I were good friends. We weren't really equipment managers. We just went to hang out and talk to Carlos Hazlett, who was the equipment manager, and just like shirk our military duty and maybe wash our own towels and stuff and not have to throw them out with the regular laundry. Um it was just a nice way to get away from barracks right. every day. Yeah. Um, we were totally, totally shirking whatever we could. We were getting out of whatever we could. And, um, and Carlos threw his spider pads into uh, his locker. Like, I don't know if you've been into a, you obviously have probably into a, a, a college football locker room, but it's pretty nice. And there's the practice locker room and then there's the players locker room, or whatever. And so they'd come get their, pads or whatever and so after they get washed they get thrown in there they grab them go upstairs and uh i grabbed his spider pads out and i took an ink pen and i went i said no fumble tommy tommy haskins and i wrote it on the inside of it in a place that he would have never seen it and he didn't fumble for the rest of the season Love it. Whoa. And he had been fumbling before that? That's three, out of four, three, out of three or four out of the previous five games or four, three out of the previous four games. And uh, thanks to me. Man, you, you, got a, you got a power, dude. Can you write stuff in my house? I'm gonna, I already have. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never find it. It's, good, I, it's I, all good stuff. I hope it's good. Yeah, it, yeah. I was going to say, it's all good stuff. I would never do anything that's... Uh, you know, you never abuse your power. Yeah, your powers are all. Yeah, nothing malevolent. It would never be anything yeah. that would that would. Um, I mean, I, I can. Yeah, yeah, but you're a good guy. Um, so yeah, so I did that to Tommy's pads, and he didn't fumble the rest of the season. It's pretty cool. It was fun. It was a fun thing to do because we got to travel, and like on game days, we didn't have to. You know, we didn't like. It, Game days were Saturdays. There were also parades for being like parades guys. and like yeah. whatever. We didn't have to put on uniforms. In fact, like on game day, I could just get up in barracks and just go down the field and eat, you know, the, the catered fried chicken lunch and coleslaw from you know up in the press box. Yeah, like it, it was fantastic. Yeah, and so, I didn't have to like act like I was a cadet and 
So really, when 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 your wife was saying that you shouldn't tell women that she didn't realize. Really, women should, you know, when someone tells them they're an equipment manager, they should recognize the brilliance. They and should the ask. Cunning. Were you a cadet at VMI? Because if you were, that's <laughs> impressive. Yeah. The, so if my wife was here, she would tell you that she's impressed by it now because she's been there a couple of times and said, "Oh, now I see why you would have wanted to get out of this crap." Yeah. But you have to date a few times before that happens, where she realizes how golden it was. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I was a regular rat. Like, I didn't worm my way out of my rat year. Like, I, I did all the hard stuff. Right. But Yeah. It's a good experience. It, it was, I, I have the best friends of my life. In fact, there's 17 of us that are on our text message that we, I mean, we've had going on for five years. And it's uh, cool. That's so cool. Some, some days I'll get out of a meeting because I, I have it now where I am. Um, you know, I turn off the alerts because it's just nonstop. And I might get out of a meeting and there's a hundred text messages from these guys and it's like delete. Just like there's no yeah. even read them all. Much, yeah. It's just too much. But um to have these guys um in my life is incredible. In fact, last Tuesday I was down in Williamsburg and hung out with five of them. I hadn't seen them in fifteen years. And yeah, it was that's, like that's yesterday. cool, man. Yeah. That's awesome. It is. So hey, all right, uh you are an accountant. I am. Uh, and that's been your career. Correct. Since you graduated college, right? That's right. And I assume you were an accounting major. I was not an accounting major. Oh. And it's funny that you, uh, I guess, asked that. Um, I, I assumed you were. I thought you said chemistry doctor. That's how you started. So I started as a chemistry major and then realized, wait a minute, VMI is not going to make me become a doctor. You got to have Go to the, medical school. Yeah, you got to have this. You oh. got to have some. You got to have some sense on your head. You know. Yeah, they, they, I didn't have it. They don't have a magic potion. Right, so. right. Like you're gonna be a doctor. Yeah. But um, so I was like, ah, oh, this isn't for me. Um, so I switched from chemistry to civil engineering. Oh. Which VMI is known for their engineering, their civil, their mechanical, and their electrical engineering programs. So like building roads and bridges and uh, yeah, that's civil. Um, and uh. I, you know, I did okay. I did the surveying, and I did. And I'm very proficient, I should say, in math, um, calculus, and differential equations, all that kind of stuff. I always picked up and did pretty well in all the maths. Uh, in fact, I have a math minor from VMI from all the math that I took nice. before I um, switched again. But um, I couldn't do the physics. Hmm. I hated it. I couldn't. I just couldn't do the physics because it was too much theory. And, um, You're not a big fan of Schrodinger's cat. Exactly. Right. Like, like uh, yeah, that's exactly right. What was your major at UVA? English? Uh, history. History, okay. Yeah. But um, it, it sounded like you were being a little uh, belittling <laughs> when you asked that question. I was. I totally was. <laughs> yeah. But oh, I, um, I, um, I couldn't do the physics, so I, I switched my major again to... Um, and this was like when I was a junior or maybe late sophomore. Yeah. I switched it to uh, economics with a, a minor in business and just happened to get a minor in um, uh, mathematics. So my major's in economics. Okay. And I took some accounting classes and hated them. Thought it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Thought it was stupid because the math was too easy? Well, I just didn't understand the balance sheet. Um, which I love now. I'm all about the balance sheet. Um, but, um, <laughs> you, you and 
all the accountants out there. Yeah. yeah, debits and credits were fine. It was the balance sheet, the assets and liabilities that. Didn't. That's where the real action is. Well, it's if your if your balance sheet isn't clean, then your profit and loss statement. Isn't all clean. right, I'm going to need a breakdown uh, of all that. Balance sheet is assets and liabilities and owner's equity. And okay, so tell me why what you didn't understand and why you thought it was stupid, and then why you now think it's the best. Well, so basically. A, uh, I didn't know you had a tattoo. Two of them, actually. Where's the other one on your... Right there. Oh, nice. Um, I called him. tattoos? He's not dumb enough to have tattoos. He might have some. Maybe on his right. Yeah. I'll plead the fifth. Wow. Oh, well, he does have tattoos. Because <laughs> if he don't, he's not going to plead the fifth. Right. He's just going to say no. Have. He's just going to say no. If you don't have it, you just say no. Yeah, by the way, it's like anybody who says plead the fifth in court. Oh, you're guilty. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? Oh, I plead the fifth. Oh, then I know the answer to the question. <laughs> Thank you for answering the question. Right. Thank you for it. answering the question in the affirmative that you're guilty. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, so the balance sheet is um, – so the profit and loss statement are your revenues – Minus your um, expenses equals your profit and loss. Right on. Okay, I understand that. So that's your profit. And then uh, below that, you can have what's called EBITDA earnings before interest tax. Some kids call it EBITDA. Some kids say E-B-I-T-D-A. I saw that on a license plate once. Oh, that, would be, that would be a nerd accountant who had that. Super nerd. Um, yeah. And that stands for earnings before interest taxes, depreciation, and amortization. So basically, depending on... What type of company you are, whether you're an LLC or S Corp or a corporation or, or whatever, there's different tax laws. So there's different things that you that you um, would uh, report your income on. Okay. It, may, it may be your your gross operating profit, which is strictly revenues minus expenses. It may be you know your revenue minus expenses minus your depreciation in taxes and depreciation, but not minus, or maybe add back in your principal interest on your mortgage. All that, it, there's, there's so many different rules in accounting, it's unreal, and so many different ways to uh, present your income to the government. And that's why everybody talks about how some companies are tax shelters and some, some companies are not doing right. what they should, or, or, and they're, they're actually absolutely doing the right thing as to how they're set up. But it may not. But you're talking about gap, not wrap. Correct. Yeah. Gap is generally accepted accounting practices. Okay. Um, and so, basically, um, you have the income statement, and then you have the balance sheet. So the balance sheet is where you have the assets and liabilities plus owner's equity of the company. Okay. And I never understood that when I was in college because I didn't get. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't try to understand it because I knew I wasn't going to be an accountant. And then um, I started working for hotels and understood it and found out that it was pretty cool and interesting. And that's all she wrote. So yeah. our forty-two listeners, I'm going to say, probably all left the uh, episode when you, we started talking about accounting. You can tell how many listeners are on right now. We, we have educated guesses. Oh, it's, this isn't live though, right? Definitely no, it's not live. Not live, no. but when they're listening to the recording, when when you, when you started talking about PL. Yeah. So whatever you need me, right? If no, you need me good. to start talking about like uh, drugs or porn stars, <laughs> and, uh, right? That's more interesting. Yeah, because that's stuff, also right? part of your life. Yeah. Well, yeah, like that's more interesting stuff, right? 
Well, in part of your life, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's what you do in Boston. That's it's your day in, it's day a, out. It's accounting, <laughs> porn stars, and drugs. Yeah. Right. Counting um, by day. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, it's something that I enjoy doing, and I've done it for a long time, and I've done it for three or four different companies, or three different companies. I've only worked for three different companies since college. Omni, a small, or actually a pretty decent-sized company, uh, eye doctor group out of Boston and then this company I'm with now. And you're, I'm assuming a CPA. I'm not a CPA. Oh, really? I've, I've done my entire life in, uh, private accounting. Okay. So public is CPA. As it relates to like public. Yeah. Publicly. Right. I always, I've always done what I do for a a private company. Okay. We, you know, obviously we hire CPAs to audit us like PWC and, and you know, one of the big, it used to be big seven, but now it's big four. Um, and I've never needed to. I started my hotel. I mean, my accounting career in hotel finance. Never needed a CPA. It would have CPA probably would have worked well when I was in healthcare because uh, we were a very large um, practice in Boston with lots of expensive equipment. You know, multi multi million dollars worth of equipment mm-hmm. um, that you have to amortize uh, and depreciate. Which means correctly. Is depreciation the same thing as amortization? It, it is. Depreciation is equipment, and amortization is basically a dollar amount that you've hung on the balance sheet for, say, you've spent $30,000 for a, uh, I don't know. Like a company car, and then the car no, depreciates. No, not a company car. Um, so depreciation is something, it's, it's an actual physical asset, like a piece of equipment. Okay. Amortization is like a cost that you would uh, amortize over a, like a certain amount of time. So if, if, if you're paying the greater Boston convention and visitors bureau, $50,000 for a two year, uh, subscription. Yeah. You would take that 50,000, divide it by 24, put it on the balance sheet and expense, you know, 24, like one month of that each month. Okay. Over the life of the, uh, subscription. Okay. So that's that's amortization and depreciation is um, equipment that you depreciate. So amortization sounds like a good thing. It's like your li- your li- a liability or a cost is like decreasing over time. So it's an asset. It hangs on the balance sheet as an asset because you uh, it's an asset to the company that you've have on your balance sheet and then you expense it each month okay. and credit the asset and then the asset which is a, in a debit position goes down to zero okay I mean, this is all accounting 101 but so the, the, the three <laughs> listeners that might have right I was going to say they've all hung up now might have hung on or are, are gone alright well now that they're all gone so it's just the three of us now it, since it's just the three I of us I apologize guys now we can talk about the porn stars and well <laughs> before we get to the porn stars and the drugs uh, do you have like a what, what would you say is like the beauty of accounting or like what really makes you well, love it? And also talk about like every account I've ever run into is, is a nerd. is like a introverted. We'll call them introverted. Nerdy. Sure. It's it, funny it, you it, say it, that, Paul. And, and I'm not trying to give you like you're super cool. Like the super no, cool I take it. I take it, as that. I take it as, as you trying to tell me that I'm super cool. So I appreciate that. Sure. Um, the, um, the I like the first job I ever had in hotel accounting. I remember the uh, hot, hot sales manager or director of sales was like, I was the I was the director of finance controller at this hotel in Chicago on Michigan Avenue, and she's like, like we'd had our first like EOC meeting. I was brand new. She's like, 
you're the controller? I was like, yeah. She's like, you're too cool to be a controller. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I, I've gotten that my whole career. Like, I've got, I, I don't have the accounting um, mentality persona. Or, or the persona. I guess that's probably what it is. And people, uh, I, I think a lot of the accountants that I've worked with, they're all like anal and like, oh, well, you didn't, you know. <laughs> you know. As long as you're not like stealing or, or as long as embezzling, you're embezzling, yeah. Right. As long as you are uh, doing accounting by generally accepted accounting practices, yeah. You can do whatever you, you can. Yeah, you're good. You, yeah, you don't have to be a uh, a jerk. And I remember when yeah, Kayla and I worked at the hotel together, like they, uh, everybody, she was in sales and everybody wanted to come to me instead of my boss because she was a typical accountant. They wanted me. They wanted me to approve their expense reports because <laughs> you would understand. I would look at like yeah, the, por- the porn star beers. expenses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and the and the ones that you got to get to put them in the and uh, yeah. So you're the, you're like the rat daddy accountant. Yeah, I was. Oh! That's Daniel. Daniel. That's incredible. <laughs> that's the that's the two to that 3%. was that was the best two to three percent are rat daddies at VMI. Two to three percent are extroverted rat cool daddy accountant. Yeah. That's incredible. R- 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 RDA. You're the RDA. I'm going to tell my buddy. Uh, that, that just made the 17-person group text. There's no question to make Correct. It. I was yeah. going to say Russell Moore. He's, um, probably shouldn't have said his name, but he is the. Uh, was he a CIA guy? No, but he's the head of PricewaterhouseCoopers here in uh, like the East Coast, basically. Oh, very cool. And uh, Really? Is, is, yeah. he, is he a rat daddy uh, accountant? Yes. Oh, and very so he nice. Would, he would, he would, uh, Where does he live? Like, Somewhere. Oh, I know where he lives. He well, you don't tell us, but he's on the East Coast. Can we get him here in person on the podcast, or do we have to Zoom him? Tonight? Right now? No, no, no. no. Whenever. Right no, now. you could absolutely get him here. He lived, You know where um, the uh, the far west courses for CCV are? Yeah. Okay. He lives out there. Got it. Mansion. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's the East Coast PWC guy. I mean, come on. There's a house in like, oh, my Lord. <clears throat> Yeah, so I, thought I did all right. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, so you're just more personable, and people come to you. I think it is their... more personable, and like people get afraid of accountants because they're like, rah, 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 rah. like I've never been that way. Like, yeah, like you said, rat daddy, uh... rat daddy accountant. I like it. That's very cool. Um, and well, what... I'm a very, very nice man, Daniel. And in, in, in fact, I'm a joy to be around. <laughs> if you can't tell already. You took the words right out of my mouth. I yeah, so. I thought yeah, uh, I could tell that that's what you were going to say. <laughs> well, I wanted uh, so people think of accounting as boring and, and stuff, and, and you talked a little bit about what makes it interesting. But I don't know if there's anything else that's like, you know, over the over the years and years of accounting that you've done, something about it that's like people don't get uh, at face value. No, that's a very good question, and and there are people called forensic accountants who go back and look at like transactions from years and years and years. And, and I don't know if you remember the Enron situation. You, um, you obviously do. I read a couple of books about it. Yeah. That, and obviously some things about cooking the books during the 2008 fail. Yeah. And that was basically just like, it's called cowboy accounting or cooking the books. I mean, mm-hmm. it's basically alterated cooking. Yes. Right. It's just basically, and so when you do that for years and years and years, it, it's hard to find. Obviously, it was easy to find in the situation of Enron or in 2008 when the entire market failed due to subprime loans. But um, there was a situation, obviously, I'm not going to mention my company, where 
I started looking up some stuff and found like just some weird like entries and yeah, it's just an interesting thing where you're like, wait a minute, you would never make this journal entry that's debiting this and crediting that. And I know that sounds not interesting to you guys, but like when you see it, you're like, oh, that's not an entry that mm. makes sense. And then you start digging and digging and digging. And yeah, and I found one of those situations one time with um, one of our assets, one of our one of our companies that, that we work with, and it it ended up uh, opening a huge can of worms. But yeah, it, I, I find it very interesting and, and therapeutic to like be able to balance to certain numbers, you know, bank reconciliations and cash and, you know, everything balances to the penny. Yeah. That's what accounting is about. When Getting it, it to, perfect. When it comes to cash, yeah. Um, so it, it, that interests me. Yeah. Um, how of, of all of the companies that have gotten caught uh, cooking the books, doing that kind of stuff, what percentage of them got, sorry, of all the companies that cook their books, and have manipulated them. It, it, like, what is your intuition? What percentage of them have got caught, and what percentage of them have have been able to do it successfully without being detected? So that's obviously a question that I can't answer. But you know, with Bernie Madoff, you What's know, he guess? he was hoping that he I'll take one that he wouldn't get caught in his Ponzi scheme. That's what every guy who's cooking the books is always hoping. He's always hoping that oh my God, after I make this entry, I don't have to worry about this entry again until next month. I don't have to worry about cooking. It's a very, very, I'm sure it causes lots of anxiety to whoever's doing it. Because obviously you know that you're not presenting the asset for what it actually is. Right. Um, can you get by? And um, so percentage, I, I, mean, I couldn't even guess. Like the biggest ones were obviously Enron. I think they were eventually all caught. You think all eventually caught. they're all caught? I, eventually I mean, they have to be. Like because... Yeah, if you get if you get to a certain size, the number of audits, the depth of the audit, it's going to catch it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So so the, so when when the, the guy feels nervous putting in something he knows is bogus, he knows eventually it's going to be discovered. It's, it's right. like starting a and, clock. And his hope yeah, right. is is that it's not going to be on his watch that he gets caught. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't get cut, tracked back to him. Well, it, it can get tracked back to him, but if he's no longer with the company, it's fine. As long as he wasn't stealing money. If he's stealing money, then that's a different situation. Okay. But, um, you know, basically with the assets that we manage, it would be like overstating revenue, yep. understating expenses, or the, the, the notorious thing is if your balance sheet's not right, then that means your profit and loss statement isn't right. So if you're showing a bunch of assets on your balance sheet that aren't real, then it's just not real. Yeah. Like it's not. And then that, that can be damaging because especially if you're publicly traded, you have a bunch of people. Or, or even if you're private. Not, you not even publicly partners. traded. But if you, yeah, if you've got a lot of investors or partners that yeah. are in the business who want to know, sorry, not to speak over you. No, or no, no. You, but yeah, it, it it really doesn't have anything to do with whether it's a publicly traded company or not. It's it's all companies, you know, all hotel. That's what I do. But all owners of assets want their uh, managers or whoever's controlling the the books to be audited, and and they are. Yeah. And if the business is a lot about trust and confidence, right? It is. Yeah, of yeah. course. And um, and and the the cowboys. Like Enron or uh, Richard Scrooge, the Health South guy. Um, I don't know if you've yeah. heard of that. Oh my gosh, yeah. Do you remember that one? Mm-mm. 
That was the guy that who was he wasn't he like gonna build the next best thing for VCU the big. Uh, I don't know. There, I watched a documentary was about this a him. Richmond guy. Uh, yeah, Hell South. Yeah, it was. Richmond. He was in what? Richmond. I mean, I thought it was national, uh, but he was just you know, it's it's a great story. It's just the CEO uh, who I think is like a compulsive liar who uh, cooked the books and told all of his CFOs to cook the books. And um, eventually it all caught up and the company collapsed and there was uh, trials and yeah. charges and the CFOs That's all, run. yeah. And, and, and the CFOs all, all said like, you know, he kept telling us to fix the numbers, to make the numbers right, to fix the numbers. But um, he hired a really good legal team and it was Alabama is where it happened. Was it, it, was, it was Birmingham, Alabama. He was like the pride of, he was the darling of Birmingham because he embodied the American dream. He like started out, you know, with not a lot and then. Started this healthcare company and then just made shit up, and 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 tr- and investors loved it and and he just kept on making the earnings look good every quarter. That's why I was saying publicly traded. But uh, yeah, you're totally right. You know, right? Like, and and you can have investors. You can have hundreds of investors in a private company who, at some point, are if you're if you're uh, overstating revenues or whatever, or, or revenues lead to overstated profits. Uh, you know, if they're not getting distributions based on their equity buy-ins, then eventually that just comes. You know, you can you can write a journal entry that says, "Yeah, this is what our profit is," but if you don't have the cash to back that up, yeah, and that's what happens is that you just don't have. It, it comes to a point where you just don't have the cash to. Back and eventually, up your, that, right. that will be discovered. Correct, for sure. So, uh, weird transition here. Uh, you and I have not. I don't think I've ever asked you this question. Where did the name Gray come from? My um, grandfather, Shotwell, who you've met probably several times. My mother's from, father. From uh, South Kakalaki, right? Spartanburg, South Kakalaki. Yeah. Um, in fact, Brenda used to go there with my mother a couple times. Yeah. I don't know if you ever went. Probably I did. Not. Did you really? What is South Kakalaki? South, South Carolina. Carolina. Right on. There's a North Kakalaki. There's a North Kakalaki. No way. It's just just right above South Kakalaki. (laughs) Just north of South Kakalaki. And and then south of Virginia. But um, uh, my grandfather's brother, his name was Graves, G-R-A-V-E-S, Graves Shotwell. He grew up in Henderson, North Carolina, and went over to uh, the war and was killed in um, Pearl Harbor by... uh, yeah. After the war. Um, oh. Not after the war, but after, I think after the bombing or before the bombing, he was killed by uh, friendly fire. Um, oh, that's awful. And so it was my grandfather's brother, and his nickname was Gray. So I was. Oh, wow. I was named Gray. That's a really, it's a badass name. Gr- Thank you. Graves Shotwell. Graves Shotwell, yeah. And, and I like Gray, Gray Lane, yeah. Well, I thought you meant Gray, Gray Lane. Yeah, well. Gray Lane is Gray Lane gets second That's place. That's more of a bad <laughs> By the way, Gray, <laughs> Come on, Gray, Gray Lane is also the name of a soap opera actor. Not really, but I mean, could be. Gray Lane, the soap opera guy. Or porn star. Porn star. It's yeah, a really correct. great kind That's of correct. entertainer name. Yeah. I, uh, I get that a lot. I talk to a lot of people in business and they um, say, what a great name. And I say, uh, correct. No, I'm just yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I always uh, say yeah. I thank them. You say I know, um, but uh, I'm, I'm very. You know, I might sound like a jerk on this podcast, but I'm actually a, a very nice. You are a nice guy, and, and, and a joy to be around. So well, I can tell, dude, that you're a joy to be around. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, yeah, 
saying it right now. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel doesn't make shit up. Paul Thank was, you, Dave. Paul, Paul, you, hey. Paul is like, this guy's going to shit talk and make you cry. And I never said make you cry. He's, I did say shit hey, talk. He's hey, a, call off the cage match, all right? <laughs> <laughs> you two, oh, wait, wait, there's some uh, bromance brewing here. Well, yeah, I mean, I, Paul set up a cage match between us before we even no, had no, no. the podcast. No, 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 it was not my idea. It was mine, actually. Yeah. I was like, listen, you tell he, Daniel. He said cage match, and I said uh, <laughs> he ju- jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And I was, what, like, what I was about, like, never mind. I like that you say roles. Like, not a lot of people. Uh, well, anybody that's not in the in the jujitsu world, they say like spar or something. But no, that's what roll. I say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he also wears a hat that has a soccer team on it from England. <laughs> hey, uh, but what about me? Did you think cage match when Paul was telling you about me? Why were you like, uh, uh, I should fight that guy? <laughs> just because. Um, maybe I was jealous that you and Paul had a relationship. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, no, Paul, no. Paul was Paul was told me that, that you grew up in you know different countries or whatever, and I was like, yeah, this, I'll just I'll just kick, kick his, his ass. ass. I'll just kick his ass after the podcast. Yeah, uh, but I I do not want to kick your ass. Uh, yeah, I think that there's a real uh, affinity and affection. Right? I, yeah, I feel like yeah. we got a friendship. Fact, we could go out for a blizzard or something after. Yeah. That's a uh, Dairy Queen. It is. Oh, that is great, a, a Warren Buffett. I think still owns Dairy Queen. Does he really? Yeah. Or Let you, me ask you, you guys, do you think anybody has ever in the history of the world ordered a cheeseburger from Dairy Queen? I have never seen it. Right. Correct. No one has. That's the correct answer. Yeah. They it's have, it's uh, only a blizzard or a twisty cone. Yeah. Nobody orders Nobody's got there. the cheeseburger. In fact, if you order the cheeseburger, they don't know what to do. it'll blow up. They <laughs> don't have. They don't know what they to do. They don't have the, the, the cheeseburgers, <laughs> and it'll literally blow up. You'll wake up a year later and like not remember anything. Correct. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Maybe in a foreign country. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, so, Gray, uh, you and I know each other, I think, mostly because, well, we grew up in the same town, but the relationship, your mom and my mom. That's right. And your mom left us way too early. How old were you when your mom passed? 19. Wow. So you were at VMI. I was a freshman at VMI. I was a rat at VMI when my mother passed away. It was awful. It was 1993. Uh, June 11th, June 12th, 1993. It was it was 364 days before OJ and Al Cowling's um, ride down the the Los Angeles freeway in the White Bronco. Yeah, seems like a, are you familiar uh, with that? OJ, yeah, the whole OJ Al Cowling's and OJ in the White Bronco. Um, no, is that the this is his, this is the his way of avoiding talking about it? His mom. No, I'm not avoiding at all. I'd, I'd be happy to talk about it. Love my mother. Like Your I mom said, was an awesome lady. Well, I was a mama's boy too, even though I'm not like a mama's boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I'm a mama's boy too. I'm absolutely a mother's boy, and um, yeah, like there, like I was telling you about the teacher the other day. Like she wanted to come in and say, "Your boys, your boys, your boys." Right. And my mother was like, "Fucking back off!" Yeah, like, yeah, I'll yeah, talk yeah. to my boys. You know, so she yeah, had, she, she had died. red hair. She's a sweet lady. Didn't take any grief off. Didn't take any grief. Um. Yeah, she got sick in uh, my senior year in high school and then died like 11 months later. She had ovarian cancer. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. And then for the, for ever since your mom was diagnosed with cancer, I associate ovarian cancer with death. So do I. Uh, I always think ovarian or pancreatic yep. is a death sentence. Um, I don't know if you followed um, Alex Trebek's 
thing. I've always liked that guy. I've yeah. always liked Jeopardy. He had pancreatic. He, yeah. he he has it, and he's had it for for a very long time, for like two years now, and that's usually like a three or four month death sentence. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pumped to hear that that he's doing well. Um, but yeah, my mother is. She was. It was so quick. Um, it was awful. And ovarian is is uh. Yeah, and you know it's funny that not funny, but it like I hadn't been to MCV since my mother died twenty thirty years ago, I guess whatever nineteen ninety three twenty seven years ago. And my father was in the, is he's in rehab now, but he was at MCV for three weeks, and it was amazing, like taking the drive from Ashland down and getting off on uh, 64 East and getting off on 3rd Street and then taking the exit and taking a left into the MCV. That's the way I used to go, man, 27 years ago to go visit my mother in the hospital. It was yeah. like the first time I did it, I was like, fuck. Wow. But uh, it, it's just amazing that the parking structure is the exact same way. Like, it's yeah. the same way to get into it. But, uh, I, you know, I tell you, uh, you brought up my mother, and she was an awesome mother. I brought her up because I, I loved her. Well, I appreciate my, my, that. My mom loved her. My yes, I know. I remember um, your mother made the paws for her casket, obviously. My mother loved uh, yellow roses, and it was amazing. And I remember your mother coming into the Reed funeral home and putting it on her casket and just losing it. Um, but, uh, like, I, I'm 46 years old, so, what, 27 years I've lived my life without my mother, which is mind-boggling to me and my brother. But I feel like the 19 years that I lived with her definitely shaped my life and, uh, you know, made me... I'm not a porn star, not a drug user. I was, I was just... You were lucky to have her for 19 years. I mean, I, I, I wish. <laughs> Maybe. I was a porn No, but, like, she was such a good mother, and she, she did such a good job of raising my brother and I that, like... The 19 years we had with her and the whatever many years my brother had with her, the 21 years was enough to make us good good men. Yeah. And you're both good guys. Yeah. Appreciate that. Um, and it's just hard to believe it. I've lived 27 years longer without her than I ever lived with her, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want this podcast to go by with uh, talking about your mom. I appreciate that. I really do, Paul. And yeah. um, on the way out, it's funny, maybe it was fitting, but John called. Oh, really? Yeah, and we were, he was talking. John's gotten into, like, making pizza dough and all that kind of stuff and we're both into Legos John's your brother yeah like I'm John, a huge John Lane yeah John Lane great name <laughs> uh, it's a nickname his his name is actually Sidney Johnston Lane the third and I don't know that we can talk about that any longer because he's named after Albert Sidney Johnston who was Lee's right hand man in the uh, Civil War oh goodness uh, we're all sons of the Confederacy which I guess we maybe yeah. you can cut this if you no, it's fine it is what it is I know it is. I, no. It is what it is. I'm not proud of it or whatever. But uh, long story short, uh, John is quite the baker now. Really? Yeah. Um, so he was talking. Oh man, I made the best batch of pizza dough. And I'm like, John, I've got like this big fucking truck on my ass. I'm trying to figure out where I should turn for Paul's. He goes, Hold on, let me just tell you. This is what I'm. I'm like, John. <laughs> this was like four hours ago. I'm like, Listen. So maybe we after we're done here, maybe John. Should put him on speakerphone so you can say hi to him. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sure he would like to say hi to you too, Dan. Oh, I appreciate that, man. But um, 
Yeah. So uh, my thing is now, I don't know, we can be done here, but I'm, I'm, I guess what's called an AFOL adult fan of Legos. I've always been a Lego person. Oh, no way. But since the pandemic, I've put together about seven or eight sets, probably spent no less than $5,000 on Legos. Wow. So probably less, but what, what, what kind of sets do they have nowadays? So I'm strictly Technic, which is the gears, and the, I'm not a Star Wars guy. I'm not a architecture guy. Um, you're like you're like you're already you draw like, the line. You're, you're you're in your alliance. You know. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just what I enjoy. You know, um, mm. like all about gears and axles and functionality and like building like bulldozers and things like that. You don't think mm. it's smooth and function. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, like, uh, practical physics. Are you pulling up a picture of one of your sweet? I, I, I am. Like I, I am. I'm such a nerd. But um, all right. While you're pulling that up, uh, quick question. There's one right now. Did you I'm, have you listened to any of our episodes? That's like 25 pounds. Damn. Um, we'll make I'll, that the I'll, we'll make that the podcast picture. No, no, no. no. Let, let me give you a better one then. <laughs> oh, Paul, or I can we, you wore glasses. Yeah. Maybe maybe we can get one with you with one of your Lego. Be happy to. Right. I, I, I guess we have to go away from American Idiot because an idiot can't put that together. Well, we have interactions. But call me American Idiot or American Cousin slash Idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that could work. Yeah, yeah that could work. Um, That's cool, man. That's really cool. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I've, I've put together like seven or eight sets since the pandemic. And then John and I were always into them as kids. So I remember that. All right, so a quick question we always ask, or do we want to go away? Yeah, let's hit it. You, just, yeah. you said, have I watched any of yours? Or listen to them. Yeah, I am. I haven't. Sorry. All right, it's all good. Yeah. Well, this will be a good one. This will be an interesting one. I don't know what uh, you're going to say, but uh, a question we ask all our guests. You have Can something? Can I speak just real quick? Sure. Yeah. That's not to say that I won't, because I want to listen, obviously, to uh, Larry's. I want to listen to uh, Gene's, yep. and I want to listen to Al's for sure. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So I will. That'd be great. And, and, and we prob- just haven't, I had so much fun tonight that uh, you guys are, are awesome to talk to. So. There are probably 10 more that you'd want to listen to as well. Oh, no, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Didn't do like a special forces guy or something? Uh, we've done a uh, ranger. That's special forces. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, Mike. Our couple, first one. A couple of rangers, yeah. yeah. My, Mike and son. I'm, I'm getting, yeah, that's right. Uh, twice winner ranger. Uh, badasses, huh? Yeah, t- total badasses. Definitely. Uh, and I've also got a guy I grew up with ended up being a Green Beret and a Richmond City Police Officer. Fantastic. But he's not coming on until things settle down a little bit. Yeah. yeah no, I hear yeah. you. That's a tough job now, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate you saying that that uh, we are good conversation partners. So no, absolutely. I, yeah. I think What's that's, the word? What's the word you used to th- oh, say? Inter, interlocutors. In, interlocutors. Yeah. I, so, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a pretty big word. The uh, question we like to ask all our guests is, you know, if you were at the age of 25, or in your case, might even have been younger, uh, and you didn't have any responsibilities, would you rather uh, choose, which of these two options would you choose? Uh, joining the military, like signing up and enlisting, or taking a stab at a career in stand-up comedy? Joining the military in a second. Okay, why? Kinda, why? Because if, if I can be honest... Which I'd like to be. Honest, we, 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 honest, would love, like we would love. We would love for you to, to be the pronounce the H with a. H- yeah, you want to aspirate the H. So, right. uh, to <laughs> nice be honest, word, dude. To be honest, uh, I can't stand stand-up comics. <laughs> can't stand all of them. Wow. Okay. I mean, oh, only wait a minute, if you wait a made it. Like all Jerry Seinfeld. Them? Jerry Seinfeld is good. Maybe. Uh, 
you know, some of the ones, but Chappelle, like, Chappelle. But, like oh. but like open mic night. Oh, like, okay. Yep. Like if you don't, sorry, I I just can't. I can't go to comedy night at at the local <laughs> fucking bar room. Pardon my language. So the answer is, uh, I did not see this coming. Yeah, I would much rather be in the. Military. I had no. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, that's, Dude, if, if if I could have redone it, I would have absolutely taken a commission. Yeah, and maybe uh, been kind of like my friend here, Paul. Would you get out as a major general or? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you make it to um, major? Uh, lieutenant colonel. You made it to lieutenant colonel. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even think he made it to major. <laughs> I knew you did. So, but that's awesome. Like to make it to lieutenant colonel. First of all, to make it to major is incredible, and that's below one below lieutenant Lieutenant colonel. Colonel. Correct. By by the end of uh, Daniel's uh, podcasting days with me, he will end up knowing all the rest. By the time he better he better be. Well, no, you yeah, you better be a. uh, No, no, I refuse to tell him what the army officer. (laughs) But like, you get out of college as a second Louis, and then the first lieutenant, and then captain. And that's pretty quick. You know, if you're not a complete and total ass, you're, that's pretty quick. And then captain to major takes forever. And then major to lieutenant colonel takes forever. And lieutenant colonel to colonel takes forever. And from colonel to general takes forever. Yep. Wow. Right. Paul knows. So you could have taken a commission after VMI? I could have. I could have gone to uh, jump school and, and gone to Fort Benning and been airborne. And I could have gone to summer camp. And walked out of VMI on May 15th, 1996 as a second lieutenant, but I chose not to. And yeah. you would take a commission if you could do it again? Absolutely. In a second. Even yeah. uh, if, if I knew that my route was going to be like career military. Right. Not, not necessarily just get out at, at captain or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I, I do feel like... Uh, if you I get so much respect for the military, it's unreal. Yeah, me too. Um, it's it's really cool. It's one of my favorite parts of this podcast is Paul's got deep hooks in the military network in the military community, and and it's cool to talk to to those people. Um, but the I I do feel like you'd be good at comedy if you tried, because I think that you're you have a natural humor. Maybe you're not like the open mic night stand up improv kind of guy, but. <laughs> Um, I do get the same, you know, like, I feel like it would, it, instead of, listen, instead of the, the, uh, cage match, I feel like we should probably hug it out after this. Oh, it, are we that. getting to, Thanks, Daniel. yeah, dude, absolutely. <laughs> Words of affirmation, baby. Oh, man. All right. So great. You've been on a couple other podcasts and we'll, this will be the last topic for the night. Uh, how did you end up being a guy from essentially Virginia with roots in the South? Moved to Boston and then a couple Bostonians. Radio. That's, I used to be. That's cool. Yeah, I used to be into um, a lot of political talk radio, but I, I realized there was nothing I could do to change other people's views, so it just didn't make sense to. You mean be into it, like listen to it a lot, or I, I listened to it a lot, and I would get angry at. Um, and I'm not going to give my political beliefs away, but I think Paul knows them. I, I would get angry at things that I couldn't control. And uh, I just decided to stop listening to it. Yeah. Um, like when you see people on Facebook like fighting about politics, that is the absolute definition of insanity. Yeah. What, what, like, what are you going to prove or fix? Uh, so, long story short, 
Um, he, this guy made it, a buddy of mine, he absolutely made it. And he was the, uh, he was an on-air personality in Boston, still is a lot. Uh, he was the editor of the editorial page of the Boston Herald. Can we with, say his name? Wow. Sure. Tom Shattuck. Thomas Shattuck. Uh, and, uh, he, um, now is the editor of the Lowell Sun, which is a paper north of Boston. And, um. Jerry Callahan, who is a uh, famous um, sports guy, he's got his start with uh, Sports Illustrated and then was an on-air personality for WEI, which is the famous sports talk radio station in Boston. Is that the one that uh, Brady would talk to all the time? Every Monday, yep. Yep. Um, uh, he had a show called Dennis and Callahan for years and years. Um, he Jerry has a podcast now that... Uh, that Tom's on all the time, but I was on Tom's podcast. Um, Tom has one now called the burn barrel, which is a term that I moved up. I built a burn barrel, but, and so did he, but he didn't steal that from me. He steals some of my, um, terms and words, but that's all right. Um, I, I think it's a term of endearment because he likes some of the things I say, but sure. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, Tom's brilliant. I know his family. Well, I know his brother and, uh, and he uh, has a, a great podcast now called Burn Barrel. And he used to have a podcast called I Shoulda Did More uh, Reading, which was uh, he heard his son James, who is my little buddy, um, say it one time when they were at the library <laughs> going in. He goes, I should have did more reading because his sister was going in to get a prize for reading the most books. for the." And James goes... I should have did more reading. <laughs> Fantastic! So yeah, I, I was on I was on one of those and with our buddy Jay and oh, uh, and so it's fun, man. You know, it's it's uh like this was very 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 easy to do because it's easy to talk to uh, you know talk about real stuff and you guys were good facilitators, so I appreciate having me on. Yeah, and, and again, it probably is the least interesting one you guys have had, but. No, it's all good, man. We had fun talking to you. Yeah, we really did. We're glad you uh, made it. Glad your dad's out of the hospital and rehab. Yep, he is. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully, it'll uh, all work out, and we can get our lives reestablished up in uh, Massachusetts. Yeah. Uh, last thing, Brady is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Yeah. Do you care about that? Couldn't care less. Okay. <laughs> all right. Most people say could care less, and they mean couldn't care less. Right. Well, that's that's a, that's a Mandela effect. Yeah. Good or point. whatever. Everybody nice. says it's it's one like, way. Everybody goes, I could care less. Well, that means you could actually care less. Which means you care at least some. Right. Right. If if I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, we get you it. Understand. The three yeah. of us understand. You, yeah. yeah, you all get Actually, it. could you draw it up? <laughs> we could. We could do a little T accounts. That's an accounting term. Oh, okay. Um, We've had enough accounting for this. Right. <laughs> um, so it was fun to be. It's funny when I moved to Boston. And just like I wrote on Tommy Haskins' um, spider pads, no fumble Haskins. Yep. You know, he didn't fumble the rest of the year. When I moved to Boston in 2001, um, they've gotten 13 or 14 uh, world championships since I've been there and hadn't had a single one before that. Across all the sports, you mean? Uh, across all the sports, yeah. yeah. You know, six Super Bowls, uh, two World Series or three World Series, one Stanley Cup and one... Uh, NBA NBA yeah. title yeah. Um, and then for your sake maybe uh, Major League Soccer title I don't know but. <laughs> Gray is referencing the fact that I'm wearing a soccer hat to like, Jesus soccer man 
Let him use their hands once. Um, the, the goalie gets to use his hands. But anyway, we, we, we don't want to digress into the soccer. So, so uh, no, I, I, think it, I think that, um, you know, playing for the Patriots was, uh, I think basically what Bill Belichick wants is to coach without Tom Brady, and I think Tom Brady wants to play without Belichick. I and think that, they both want to win one without the other one. Correct. And that's, that's what it is, and neither one of them are going to. I don't. Think, I think you're right, Daniels. Uh, cons- you consider yourself from New Hampshire, right? Well, that's my dad's family, and that's where that's home, where your parents live. My now. parents live there, home base. What so, part of New Hampshire? Grantham, New Hampshire. It's, I know New, it. Oh, you do? Yeah, I used to have a little ski share house at Killington. Oh, huh. um, for several years, I would uh, go up there and ski every weekend at Killington. Oh, in fact, wow. I was the uh, youngest oh. ski patroller ever at Wintergreen, but. We can do another is it, podcast. Is that still true? No, I, who knows? That was at the probably time. forty at the, at the, at the oh yeah at the time yeah, it yeah. was back in nineteen ninety or eighty nine or ninety. Yeah, yeah. You remember that? I remember that time that I was uh, at Wintergreen and and I was supposed to get you free tickets and I saw you at the end of the day and you looked at me like fuck are you it was you and uh, <laughs> your girlfriend there who I uh, who I uh, Katie. Ah, nice. Do you remember Katie? I do remember Katie. Do you remember Katie? I did, yeah. Um, <laughs> go over. Just, and you were like, great, thanks for it. And, and, and I looked at Paul. I was in high school. I couldn't be held accountable for a whole lot of stuff. And yeah. I was like, oh, I was supposed to get you free tickets, wasn't I? And you're like, but he probably, uh, had, to, he probably had to pay like 120 bucks out of pocket. Yeah, and I was a college kid. Yeah, you Ooh. remember that? You remember that? Yeah. And I was like, uh, and then I remember. I'm, pro- I'm still disappointed. I probably that. went and drank beers with him that night in Ashland, but. <laughs> Uh, so I guess to answer, I don't know about the Patriots there. You don't care about, it. I, you know what this year with COVID, we haven't talked about that. Like I've got zero interest in sports, man. Yeah. I'm not really interested either. I yeah. used to be a huge NASCAR guy. I'm a big baseball guy. I could have talked to, to, uh, to Gene about baseball a lot. I'm a huge Yankees fan. My mother was a big Yankees fan. Your, mom, and, uh, your mom's from Jersey. That's correct. Yeah. And my grandfather worked in uh, New York for years and years. The very first time I went to a baseball game was 1980 and saw Greg Nettles. And yes. That's Greg, not Greg. Mm. Uh, and Willie Randolph and Reggie Jackson. And, yeah. and and I think Thurman was gone by then. He was. 77, right? Yeah. And then, um, so I've always been a Yankees fan. Yeah. But, but I don't have any interest in sports this year. First of all, they're not playing it at the right time. They're not playing with fans. They're not playing with fans. And they've already said that the first four games at uh, Gillette Field, which is uh, where the Patriots play, that Gillette Stadium, that they're not going to have fans. So, like, I've got no interest. I, I feel like it might have made more sense. And I understand that, like, everybody always talks about sports being a, just a game that adult men play. It's not. It's a multi-billion dollar industry across the board. It's a business, yeah. It's a business. But I almost think it makes more sense to have just said, we're said, not doing it. We're not playing sports this year. Yep. Probably right. Cool. Well, Grant- Grantham, New Hampshire. Yeah, Grantham, man. That's where the Lance when, Next time is. you're uh, driving up, man. What's your last name, Daniel? Lance. L-A-N-T-Z. L-A-N-T-Z. A-N-T-Z. L-A-N-T-Z. I put the A in there. That's what he said. I thought you said E. He said it very quickly. It's a Boston thing. It must be a Boston thing. I went to to college with a guy named Jason Lance. I don't think he made it quite through. Maybe he's a distant relative of yours. Could be. Um, I don't know. There there Uh, are a lot of Lances out there. He wasn't as handsome as you, so probably not. (laughs) 
<laughs> so are you, are you saying, two hugging at the end of this? Are you of saying course. that if I come up through Boston, you'll be there? Absolutely. Oh, no, he would, he would love for you to come to Boston. I would, man. We have a great little place eight miles north of Boston. We've redid our kitchen. We have a 105-year-old house. We've redid our kitchen, and I'm in the middle. Not in the middle. I'm almost done building a 600-square-foot deck, which is absurd. Wow. It's pretty big. But uh, I had to come down here to Virginia, so I still got to do some uh, some work on the deck. Yeah, well. Um, Off air, I'll show you guys pictures. It's, yeah. all, it's always paradise going up north, uh, summer or winter or spring. I mean, it's uh, Grantham is, like, amazing, and, and so... I get up there whenever I can. Sometimes the drive is too long. So if it's too long, I'll uh, I'll take you up on that. So it's eight miles, I mean eight miles, eight hours from, from our house to here. And then I'll let you guys turn me off. But uh, I grew up obviously here. We talked about that. And we go skiing at, at Killington, Vermont every year. And we would drive up to New England. So I've got an affinity for New England. Mm. Um, love it. It's yeah. beautiful up there. It really is. Yeah. But yeah, we really appreciate it. You're invited too. You and your lovely family. Uh, my son's in college now, so it'll just be four of us probably coming up. Yeah, you and Lisa can come up. And I've never taken my kids skiing. Shout out to Zach, by the way. You Zach's, uh, yeah, he's uh, in his Got second, the, second day at uh, Virginia Tech. The first, right. the, first good, Gilman, the first Gilman child is uh, officially in college, man. And That's he, awesome. He happens That's... to go to his uh, dad's uh, alma mater. R- That's right. R- the rival. <laughs> Granddad's alma mater. Dad's rival. Oh, 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 right, right. Granddaddy went to, uh, was actually a member of the Corps. His dad was an elite UVA rugby road guy. Mm. With <laughs> St. Christopher. And yeah, r- ruggedly handsome. Yeah, what he was. Say, typically. You yeah. should have seen him. <laughs> Quarterback. We'll, ta- we'll take that off here. Point guard. Yeah, yeah it, uh, and all around. Starting pitcher, amazing, whatever. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He did, he was he he was a walk on at the on the UVA baseball team. I got caught actually. <laughs> he would bring up that. So that's different. That's different than making it or getting cut. That's a that's cut, different. Cut cuts bad. Cut cut. You didn't make cut, it. Cut. I he, said he was a walk on. That's not right. I, I tried. I, I tried. I I walked on and they said get the hell out of here. That's how that worked. Did you try oh, to play first or pitch? Sure. Why? That's the hardest position in baseball. That was one of three scholarship positions. Uh, time. Whatever. Great, great seeing you. We're going to stop the recording. You too, Paul. Um, but I have, I have a feeling we're going to talk a lot more shit uh, after the recording stops. Yeah, great. Awesome having you, man. Thanks for your time. It's my pleasure, Daniel. Very nice to meet you. Um, thank you, guys. Yeah, man. All right. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to subscribe through whichever app you're using. To share your thoughts, head over to our website at podso1.io, and there you can comment on episodes or send us feedback directly. Thanks for listening.